Hello. Mike Test. Welcome back. Drew Face, baby. What up? <laughs> January 30th. Gloomy, rainy day. That it is. Tomorrow's my birthday. Dude, holy Tw- shit. 27. We're going to need to get you a white lighter. Carry with you throughout the entire year. Join yeah. the club for us. More life. Um, Today, Maliki is going to read us one of... His journal entries from when? From November 5th, 2018. Mm, and that was before or after you got sober? That was pre, pre-recovery. Mm, those are always the best. When you like know something's coming and it's not there yet, because that's, that's how it was for me in Dude, my journals. In all honesty, it wasn't even on my radar. Really? Um, Really? Really? Um, yeah, so I you know, I, I like as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, I've been writing ever since my mom started the her blog about me. And uh just to share my side, because you know, there's two sides to every story. And somehow it seemed that every journal would come full circle in some way or another. Like right as the last page would come about, um, it was just that time to shut the page on another journal and open up a fresh one new chapter freshy more life and in this journal in particular um i'm not the first page this is the first page very first page of the journal did you just go out and purchase that i don't remember how i acquired this journal but it is sweet isn't it you always have like little like Harry Potter looking journals. <laughs> this one's made out of a cow hide. I think it's actually a goat hide. Wow. Goat. It's, it's beautiful. This journal's the goat. And so yeah, it's all furry and fuzzy and nice. Um, yeah, it looks uh, vintage. Something. Hipster. Uh, straight out of Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, it looks like you would write with one of those little... Uh, ink thing you dip the pen it's called a pen dude (laughs) oh pen yeah that's what i was looking and i do yeah that's what i write with um so yeah i i started this fresh journal uh, on november 5th i'm not sure where i ended the last one but i remember it was uh a lot of war stories at the time i was i would write just to remember because i knew that if i didn't write shit down right then and there it was just going to be gone into the past and I wouldn't gone with the wind. Wouldn't have any recollection. So some things are better just to go off into the wind. That's why I don't read them. <laughs> See, but so this one was kind of the turning of the tides. And let's hear it. So I opened this new journal up, and I wrote this on November fifth. I said in two thousand eighteen. Said I have an extremely hard time saying no to people I enjoy being around, especially when drugs and or alcohol is involved. This may be one of my greatest downfalls and the basis of my demise. It's apparent the only person to blame is the man in the mirror. This has been an ongoing theme in my life. Take, 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 feel like shit, repeat. I'm beyond ready for change, but have yet to turn and face the strange. I am broken, not broke. I'm a drunk, not drunk. I'm awake, not woke. Wow. So... That was a pretty powerful statement I had written down. And then, you know, I'd let it sit and um, go back to my ways and kind of just, 
I had nothing to write about at that time. That's why it took so long to finish the journal prior to this one. And so then the very next entry, I wrote five days later on November 10th. Made it to the noon AA meeting at Unity since the weather wasn't suitable for work. Ran into an old friend from high school. And as for the rest, well, my friend, the rest was history. Got lunch, caught up, went thrifting, played some good ping pong, met some new sober friends, uh, and ate more, hotboxed the RV but with cigs, and then shot my rig into a zillion pieces. Ate some more, joked around a lot, bought candy, saw Bohemian Rhapsody at Ward Parkway for the second time, then you guessed it, ate, and now I'm home, sober, in my bed, on top of the world. Don't stop me now, because I'm having a good time. Tomorrow will be a new day, and I can't wait for the new challenges to arrive, just so I can figure them out and continue moving forward, never looking back. And after that day, I never picked up a bottle, any drugs, weed, nothing. I've been sober ever since that day. Were um, you, uh, did you, were you sober that day? Or did you just like smoke that morning or something? I always remembered it as though I'd smoked before that meeting, but I guess not because thinking back to it, um, I went out, I remember having dinner over at a friend's house and neither of us had any weed. So we had to bum off of his girlfriend's little sister and we, uh, were like passing back and forth a one hitter while the, while his girlfriend was making us dinner. And I just remember having to hold those hits in and, you know, and then I, as time went on, I, I couldn't remember what day it was that I stopped getting high because everything was such a blur. So I had to call him and was like, that must, you know, I just did did a little research and that was the last time, was the night before the 10th. So the last time I used was November 9th, 2018. Mm. Yeah, because I, I said that because there's so many times towards the end of my run that I was like, like under the influence I was like yeah getting sober sounds really really nice but and then I would wake up and do it all over again you know it was like a ongoing cycle didn't know what to do that was part of my story too um I remember one day in particular I was uh pre-gaming in my RV after work by myself pre-game and uh what I'd do is I'd I'd get in my RV and I'd pick up a bottle on my way back and I would take anywhere from like 15 to 20 dabs in a row as I would just be sipping on this whiskey. Savagery. Yeah. And um, I remember doing that. And then as as I was like in between dabs, I was making phone calls, just trying to contact. You know, I had a, a different friend group for every night of the week, really. And I had maxed it out. I tried everyone. No one could hang out. It was like oh sorry dude I can't I got work in the morning oh sorry I got this going on tonight I can't I'm watching my daughter yada 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 and then it turned out I was sitting there as high as I possibly possibly could be so it was pointless to take another dab and I had already finished off the bottle so it was like time for me to go out and all I could hear in the silence of my RV was the clock ticking and I thought to myself wow I am wasting my time I'm wasting my life. This is the feeling I'm always searching for, and it's not even working anymore. This isn't fun. 
and I can't stop. And then, um, you know, sometime between then and the next coming to the next morning, I thought to myself, damn, I was fucked up last night. What a strange thought to have. And then I was just back on my bullshit, just every day moving forward, the same thing, but it just got sadder and sadder and sadder. And I remember hearing in one meeting from uh, a friend of ours said, I didn't hate my life getting high, but I definitely hated myself. And that was the case for me. And I think that also plays into the fact that the alcoholic life that we lived was the only normal life we knew. And that, I mean, there's a lot to be said about that just because all I knew was fuck shit. I was just a, I I loved the life I lived even though it was getting me nowhere. It was really fucking sad looking in and miserable. Yeah, it's like when you, because I relate with that saying as well. It's like it, when we hate ourselves, that we do what the only thing we know how to do, and that's numb. to numb ourselves and to have fun. Air quotes, you know. The only thing we knew how to do. There was no like driving me to do something better with my life. You know, I just would always go back to my comfort zone. Live in the comfort, baby. Mm. Biggest thing I ever did. When And your story's slightly different. Like, you had a some sort of spiritual awakening day of those friends just coming into your life at that time. You know? And, like, mine was just, like, a fiery crash where I was just like kind of forced, you know? Yeah. But it takes what it takes. Takes what it takes. There was a long drawn out burnout over a long period of time for me before I was at this place where I could actually accept what people were trying to get through to me. Yeah. Cause I like to do things on my own and I don't want anyone's help and I don't need need the pity and I hate asking for help. I, I think I can handle shit on my own and, you know, asking for help truly was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Dude, and it's weird, like, what is it that, like, clicks in an addict's mind when they're actually ready? You know, like, it, like for me, I was ready, but I didn't know where to go. And maybe I just wasn't, actually, because I didn't want to stop. Mm-hmm. I mean, going back to I hated myself and what I was doing with it with my life but I would just keep going because I didn't know what else to do but I mean and it even took getting like called out once I joined my rehab program to actually I literally had to be cornered and have zero options left you know for me to be like okay but it like that day something happened within myself that was just like okay let's do it and I've been sober ever since and it's like it's just hard to believe like with my addict mind and how long I did it to think that my everything just kind of changed within me you know it was it's just a wild thing yeah I know I've kind of also touched on this in previous shows or at least the outline of it in the episode highs and lows but um 
you know, what happened when I was using going to meetings and um, not drinking, but doing my smoking weed all day, every day, recreational cocaine, you know, meth here and there. And literally anything you have your you have that is an alcohol I was all about. And, you know, I did that for nine months, delusionally thinking that I was sober. Delusional. So delusional. Um, and, you know, hanging around the same crowd, going to the same bars, doing the same thing every single night, minus drinking, um, eventually led me back to drinking. And that time it was, you know, actually with our boy Hijack. Shout out, Hijack. Shout out. And all the boys in Captiva. I was in Dallas filming for him, and it was on a Friday night, and the people that hosted us asked us if I wanted to drink. I was like, no, I actually don't drink. And I got a response that I wasn't used to getting. It was, Oh my God, dude, that's so cool. Like, do you want any orange juice or milk or whatever? I'm like, fuck orange juice, fuck milk. Give me a beer. And they're like, are you sure? I'm like, fuck it. Let's have a good time. And, um, I hit the ground running, woke up the next morning feeling amazing. I cooked everyone breakfast. I was just like in this fucking mode. And I ended up driving everyone home just so stoked. And everyone else was passed out. And so as we like get back closer to Kansas City, as uh, the sun starts to set, they, my boys ask, you know, Mal, now that you're 21 and legally allowed to drink, you're going to come out to Westport with us tonight? And on my way home, you know, I had a lot of time to think. And I, and I knew that Too I have a real problem. <laughs> Yeah, I have a real problem with alcohol and I need to get it under control and at least like manage it to the best of my abilities. And um, so my grandiose, amazing idea was I'm only going to drink 12 times a year. That means I can hit all the holidays. I'm only going to drink with my best friends and I'm going to leave all of my shit at home because I am notorious for losing every single thing in my pockets every time I go out. To the point where I had to leave my credit card and my ID in two separate pockets so I didn't lose them both. Um, and now so you do that with gambling. <laughs> and so, so I um, I get back in town and my plan is is in set is set in stone in my head. But all right, we'll make we'll make we'll make it eleven times. Sounds like fun. I want to hang out with the boys tonight. Like last night was a great time. I mean thirteen. Well, no, no, no like 11 from the 12 total and uh i had such a good time that night and i I just thought to myself um you know it's it's gonna be different this time or i'm gonna be able to you know i'm not gonna obviously i'm an alcoholic i was convinced at that just by going to enough meetings and knowing what i knew but uh you know as long as i can manageably get fucked up and only do it controlled then therefore i would fit into the category of someone who can manageably use in, in my fucked up head. That reminds me of the, there's a part in the big book where they talk, where the guy says he's trying to stop drinking and he's at like a, a diner or something and he... Whiskey and milk. He, he's like, I really want some whiskey. Maybe if I just put it in my milk, that will kind of justify my thinking with it or whatever. And then he ends up just getting drunk. You know, it's like, that's just classic, like... For me, I was always like, oh, I'm going to take the month off drinking, but then I would be doing everything else even harder. I was like, I know this is a stupid way to think, but it's the only thing I got right now. Yeah. You know, It's just, it's insanity. It is. Yeah, replacing one drug for another is something I have done my entire life. I never once made it 
more than you know a three-day period of time without using anything yeah and i um it was what was it 2019 i actually had an overdose in october and it air quotes scared me (laughs) you know it was like damn that actually happened um but in my deep down in my head i was like that's not gonna actually stop me but i'm gonna stop doing opiates for as long as i can last i guess and I lasted three months, which was some sort of a miracle. But I was also just smoking weed every day, drinking every night, um, really anything. And like, then it came to January, and I was like, all right, I'm not going to drink this month until my birthday. And cutting out the alcohol made me not have enough. Like, weed was just not enough. So I got back on opiates again and like that was the turn where it was like got the worst you know i was just like in fuck it mode the rest of the way you know so you have like i have to have my cup to a certain point you know it has to be filled to a certain point or i don't know i'm gonna do something about it (laughs) so yeah to backtrack to uh that late afternoon driving back from Dallas um I agreed to going out with the boys to Westport and I I did and while I was out out about on the town someone asked me Mal are you coming to the Chiefs tailgate tomorrow morning and I'm like well shit sign me up baby I'm down as fuck and that immediately turned my using into every weekend And within less than a month, I was back drinking the same way I had before I stopped. And it was just progressive and it was daily and it, um, there was no end in sight. And that's where I can truly say I lost three years of my life. Um, burnt a lot of relationships. I, you know, it just got really sad and I couldn't see it. You know, I thought I was having fun, but, um, you know, they say that there's a, you know, just in the beginning, it's just drinking. Then they say that it turns into drinking with consequences. And then sooner than later, it just turns into consequences. And that's where I was at. Um, and I then I needed to drink to feel okay about all these fucking consequences. And truth be told, you know, if drinking for me was like spinning a roulette wheel and half of the time it was fun like it was in the beginning for me and the other half of the time it was you know real deal consequences i'd still be drinking like i'm willing to take that risk you know 50 50 not bad minus green so what 48 um and but it's not it it wasn't i i was delusional to think that i was having fun because it was just there was nothing there for me to even latch onto. I was just going up a downward escalator and I was oblivious to it. Yeah. I, uh, going back to what you said, cause we relate very heavily on this is, um, always looking forward to something like some event coming up. That was towards the end 
I mean, not even towards the end. The, the entire time, I was always like, dude, the Chiefs are playing this Sunday. Like, I'll stop drinking after that. Or, the, dude, the 4th of July is next month. Like, I'm going to drink until after that weekend, you know. It was like always something, some excuse to justify why I didn't want to stop. And I think that's probably relatable to a lot of people. I do that with working out. Like, I'm going to... Oh, oh yeah, that everything. vacation when we're in the hotel that has an indoor gym, you know, I'm going to definitely take advantage of that and I'm going to start yeah. my workout life then moving forward, but not now until then because I have shit to do. Yeah, I mean, that's still a, a type of thinking I still use, even without drugs, but that's always a, I don't know, and in like a, when you joined Outpatient, you've told the story of when um, you didn't want to cut out smoking weed, and then you're like, "Okay, I'll just do it once a once a week." And then her, your counselor was like, "So you're telling me you're just gonna be living your whole week looking forward to one day out of the week?" <laughs> and like that's so such a good way to put it, you know? It's like you waste so much time of your life waiting for that aha awesome vegas night moment and it's like it's just a terrible way to live you know and that's how i did it too yeah well, I, I got nothing else to add to this show but hopefully we got something for someone what did we even just say who cares i read something or I something blacked out <laughs> <laughs> shit hey if you want to reach us it's at uh talk period now, period, cry, period, later. Period. Later. No, there's actually no period after later, sorry. But yeah, hit us up on Instagram, follow us. Questions, comments, concerns. Smash that subscribe button. <laughs> you know what share, to do. Share, share, share. <laughs> <laughs> you know what to do. Like and subscribe. We ain't on YouTube yet, but one day we'll have some cameras and you'll actually be able to see our Compliment sweet, me. sweet face. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so many things to compliment you on. Oh yeah. Well, uh, shout out Centennial once again. Yeah. Austin, Texas. Leaderboards. Yeah, we're having a competition. Which city can be the highest? Because apparently, Kansas City is pretty low. Thanks, friends. For real. And family. We love you. You don't have to love us. Our love is unconditional. Mm. So keep coming back. It works if you, if work, you work it. it. Over now. Love you.